Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, how has now, what, what do we have, two weeks of camp? How are we feeling after two weeks of camp? Um, well, it's uh, it's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot yes. going on, <laughs> yes. a lot to handle, a uh, lot to be worried about, a lot to be happy about. It's just a lot all across the yeah. board. We, we sometimes fret, I think, before training camp starts where it's like, man, there is just nothing to talk about. And then you get into training camp and there's too much <laughs> to talk about. They need to even it out throughout the, the year. This is another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. As I said, we We'll get to reviews in a second. As I have mentioned every show, if you write us a review, leave us five stars on Apple iTunes. We will read it on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. You guys did an awful job providing Brandon Kylie <laughs> fatherly advice. We saw no reviews about that. And now he will have no idea how to handle his newborn son for the foreseeable future. But you did. It's all on, it's all on you, the listeners. Yes. Yep. Yeah, good luck. Tough. Good luck, Brandon. <laughs> we don't really care about your baby. Uh, we have some reviews that that came through um, in in instead it was you know, just regular old reviews. And so we'll read those quick and then we'll go through some of the news items that we had from the past week in Chiefs Kingdom, as they say. And then we will go through my 53 man roster uh, 2.0. And as you'll hear soon, I'm already definitely incorrect about one thing. All right, here we go. I appreciate the crew. Great shows. Uh, I am a Chiefs convert 2007, officially when I moved to KC. He was a collegiate fullback and tight end, John. Oh, I follow wow. a ton of Chiefs content, and you guys are fun, provide great content. The editor show is probably my favorite. I think it is the most rich, but the others have fun personalities and good content, too. Appreciate all the Chiefs content, provided perspectives. We are living in the Chiefs' golden age. Let's appreciate it and enjoy the ride. This next review says my nickname and and this is a request no cake a five-star review to change any sort of bet this year not to be an eating bet i'm begging you pete i guess people didn't really enjoy a mouthful of cake as they heard those cheese takes but kudos to you you didn't give give brandon any fatherly advice but you you somehow got to a thousand in like three days so you deserved that if, if, if you were happy to hear that all right uh this one's just for you pete as a soon to be bald man Hair tends to be a sensitive subject. Pete, don't cut your hair. Just embrace the struggle like our beloved boys on the field. Appreciate all the hard work, particularly this time of year. Go Chiefs. John, as you see today, camp does not agree with this new long hair that I have. So I've been wearing a hat a little bit more frequently. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in touch with that, uh, that problem. I have that problem a lot. I think that at some point I am going to get bald. Uh, my dad does not offer a lot of hair right now uh, as he is in, into his 60s. So I think at some point, along the lines i'm gonna have to go with like that bald beard look but it, it's still 
No, at the ripe age of 34, it's still coming in pretty good. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I don't know, that. Pete. My dad was was bald in his 50s. I'm I'm uh, the same age he was when he died, and I have a full head of hair still. So it, it can skip generations. You, it, it's not assured that that's going to happen to you. You know, I thought I was tired after going through half of training camp. I think we're at the halfway point now. What an emotional boost this is to know that there's a possibility <laughs> that I can keep this hair. Throughout the course of my life, wow! I, I thought at some point it was it was a, a given that the the baldness was going to come. Yeah. I, I feel well. Really I'm, good I'm glad that. to be of service to you, Pete. There you go. All right. All right, perfect. Now that we've wasted four minutes, let's talk about Chris Jones. <laughs> Speaking of wasted more than four minutes, this has been such a waste of time. Chris Jones, there's there's really no news to talk about, and I I, I bring it up because I know we're going to go through the news items here. I just think the fact that there is no news is a little bit of news, right? Because you would have thought by this point there would be some message it seemed like it finally had bled into the public sphere of of jones and his team floating out that they were far apart andy reed kind of saying we're not talking to these guys right now uh, but that's where it has stood for days and days and it and i think begs the question john like when does that change <laughs> like it's august 2nd and we're just we're just waiting and waiting and waiting until someone uh, makes a move here what do you make of this situation um, well, I, I have, I have nothing to go on to make anything out of it. I still believe they will figure something out. Um, I still believe that, that it's in everybody's best interests for them to get some kind of an extension worked out. Um, I, I just think they're having trouble figuring out exactly what it looks like. And so it's going to take them some time to get that done. I, I, th- I always think that they're closer together than we think. It's real easy from the outside to think that it's terrible, you know, that they're not going to get it together. But, um, you know, if they were really a long way apart, I think we'd be hearing a lot more. I think the fact that they are, we're not hearing anything suggests that it's just about the details at this point. And uh, so I, I think they'll, they'll get it figured out. I just wish they'd get it done. It's it's I'm tired of being stressed about it. I'm tired of our fans and our readers being stressed about it. Um, it just needs to get done. Chris Jones last tweeted on Sunday at 1221 Arrowhead time. He said, happy Sunday, exclamation point. So <laughs> Chris Jones is just sitting, <laughs> I would imagine in Miami. I believe that's where he lives in the offseason and is has his feet up and he's doing a little bit of trolling right now. It, it seems does not yeah. care. Uh, that he's losing $50,000 a day. What a nice problem that is to have. I, I think it's just wait and see. You know, someone is going to eventually make a move here. I was talking to Steve on the training camp report, which you can get every day that there is training camp earlier today. And Steve was suggesting, like, there's no way that Chris Jones is not going to, like, play this year as a chief. I Again, I'm not saying there's going to be a trade. I think Chris Jones is going to play this year. Is it for me at this stage, like 1 million percent that it's going to be as a chief. I just don't know that anymore because of what happened with Tyreek. Yeah, I, know it's a, yeah. I know it's a different position. I, I, I know that it's a, an entirely different scenario, but it, you just always wonder until there's a deal, there's no deal. And so I, I don't right. know if I can 100% rule everything out of the table. I do agree with Steve and when he, what he was saying in that uh, Chris Jones is not going to sit out of here. I, yeah. I believe that. I don't think he's just going to yeah. sit at home. Yeah. But would, would it come to a point where the Chiefs would get assets back for Jones? Who knows? Uh, I hope not. And I, I I remain optimistic that because this training camp is so long, you're seeing 
there'd be no real rush to get this done, right? I, I think in shorter years where maybe training camp started the last week in July and it had gone you know, this far, we'd be in mid-August. And I think once we get to mid-August, I mean, it, it just I think it seems like it's a bigger problem because training camp is so long this year because the Chiefs are starting out on Thursday night. So let, let's see where the situation is when we start to see the Chiefs play a preseason game. As we talk here, John, it's at 5 o'clock on August 2nd. We're still... 11 days from a game so you know who's to say when there's seven days until the game chris jones won't be in camp we shall see we'll keep you updated right here on arrowhead pride on the podcast network and of course at arrowheadpride.com some unfortunate news really great camp story to start camp nazi johnson came to camp not only uh, as, as your boy john uncle dave tobe would know the best gunner maybe in the league <laughs> at the end of yeah. last year <clears throat> Uh, and so certainly had a role car from and on special teams, but Nazi Johnson uh, was starting to push for first team snaps and Steve Spagnuolo was happy to talk about it, but in a, in a sad manner because on, I believe it was Sunday, right, John Sunday, it was Saturday when they Saturday, went inside. The Chiefs, yeah. The chiefs move inside. This is, I don't know about turf, right? Like the chiefs move inside and uh, they had been practicing for, I believe it was like an hour and change outside because fans got to watch. They moved the practice inside, lands wrong on his knee, and Nazi Johnson tears his, his ACL, and that's it for what was a suddenly promising second year that you really didn't anticipate. Yeah. One of the best stories of training camp comes to a really, really sad end here, and he'll remain with the Chiefs, right? Uh, he'll be on injured reserve. He'll go through his surgery we just saw uh we're going to talk about it in a second but turk wharton came back today so he'll be with the team all year it's a long road we've seen this with a lot of players before and so hopefully he comes back stronger next year john yeah it's it's very disturbing that in two consecutive years the chiefs have had uh players sustain injuries in that indoor practice field at missouri yeah. western last year the guy ran into the garage door as you'll recall uh, mm-hmm. and, and now we've got a player that just like, wasn't it like in just the first minute or two that they were in there Yeah, that he, yeah. you know, almost immediately, uh, sustains an injury. It makes you wonder if there's something about that, that building and that field inside that building. That's, that's a problem. It's, it's very, well, it's very upsetting. Pulling the curtain back. I mean, John and I were, you know, we, we were talking constantly in the mornings as we cover training camp for the website. And John was like, do you think it's going to be outside? And like, in my opinion, anything Andy yeah. Reid can do to not be on that field anymore, right. or indoor in that indoor facility. And, you know, if they have to wait, if I just don't think they want to do it. And you're even seeing days like today or yet my all my days are getting meshed together john but it was either today <laughs> or yesterday we're training in the morning and maybe the field is like especially wet and mm-hmm, you think oh yeah. would they rather go inside to stay in a, a drier field and it, like i don't even think they want to take a chance with with that like even yeah, to be you'll notice that rather. this morning when it was raining in st joe i didn't call you and say are they going to yeah. practice indoors today <laughs> because if, it's not, if there's no lightning they're going to be outside now i don't right. think they want to be in that indoor facility and i you know the 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 contract with Missouri Western, I'm not trying to stir it up here. I'm just talking out loud, yeah, but the contract yeah. with Missouri Western is year, year over year. And I don't know, you, 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 you begin to wonder if at some point the chiefs request them to have a better indoor where maybe like fans could come to this indoor facility too. the wall. We talked about it last year. Remember um, with the gen- young gentleman's head going through the window, as you, you just described, there's like no room in between, you know, would, would be the white lines and like the wall. And it's just, yeah. this is a professional, this is the champions of the world that are playing on this field. 
I don't know. Anyway, John, uh, three roster moves, four roster moves happened following uh, this situation. You covered that for us at AP. Yeah. Uh, first, Nazi Johnson went on injured reserve. And then Isaiah Moore, who was a rookie linebacker, an undrafted free agent uh, rookie, uh, was released with an injury designation. Uh, after he cleared waivers, he ended up on injured reserve with the Chiefs. Um, they will probably give him an injury settlement here in the coming days, and he'll be moving on. But sometimes they come back to the team after they get better, uh, but sometimes they end up someplace else. And then they replaced, uh, or I should say, filled those two roster spots with uh, one of them uh, was Anthony Anthony Witherspoon, I think his name is. With- Witherstone. 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 The family yeah, Witherstone, yes. Yeah. Um, who had been with the team back in uh, in May and June mm-hmm. was one of the uh, the guys who was signed in the original group of sixteen after the draft, and then was cut on June fifteenth so they could move some other players in after the rookie minicamp. And then they also acquired a, a tight end um, named Isaiah Gathings, I think is how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was originally signed by the Jets as an undrafted free agent and was on the market. So this um, looks to be you know, a couple camp bodies, as they say, yeah. to run a practice. Mm-hmm. You got to have 90 players. That's how they design it. I did like Witherstone. I, I remember tweeting about him right. in May, and I was surprised that they I thought he looked pretty good. We were allowed to watch these full practices that they have during the offseason. They let us you know watch the whole thing. And I was surprised to, to see them not keep him on a 90 man. And then you see these situations all the time where they say to the guy, you know, that they release like, hey, you know, you're 91 or 92. Just stay in shape. You never know what could happen. And, you know, sometimes uh, someone someone's tough situation and Johnson makes a, an opportunity for somebody else. So we'll see if, if these guys can. These are guys that are making pushes to try to be on that practice squad. I don't, I don't think any of these guys are, are threatening necessarily for the 53 but injuries happen so you never know speaking of injuries and the flip side of this Turk Wharton towards ACL last year and I this was a big surprise John I I watched Turk Wharton on these opening days of training camp they don't even have him in a uniform he's wearing you know long sleeve tee what do they call that uh, dry fit t-shirt and shorts he's got a gigantic brace on his knee I'm like this guy is a shoe-in for the PUP and man I looked like an idiot I looked like an idiot in a lot of ways um we're going to get into the 53 in a second here, um, this training camp. And this was another one where all of a sudden number 98 comes storming on the field today in a, in a helmet and a jersey. Really cool moment because he was a little bit later than the rest of the defensive linemen. And they're all warming up, having discussions, whatever, before practice. And they all they all kind of said, hey, very excited to see uh, Turk Wharton on the field. So it was a nice moment. And. It's a big addition, especially when you, you think about how uncertain things are becoming with Chris Jones. I, I think it does also make for an interesting discussion regarding the defensive line room, the defensive tackles, how many tackles they keep. How do you fit Turk Wharton on the roster? Because now that he is practicing, he factors into the 53. And I right. hadn't been. It made it a little bit easier when he wasn't. And so uh, a good problem to have in Turk returning uh, on what was Wednesday morning. Yeah, one of the things that I thought was interesting about this is that he was out for personal reasons uh, in the last practice on Monday. And then when he came back today uh, to practice, I wondered, okay, was he out visiting his doctor 
on Monday. And that's why he was away from practice that he was, you know, off consulting with the surgeon who did the surgery, uh, which is usually somebody out of town right. and, um, and, you know, getting final clearance to go ahead and play. Um, so that's something that I'm going to file away in my back pocket is that if you see a guy who's on, um, you know, a PUP list and one day he's, uh, personally absent, you know, has a personal reason to be absent, perhaps he'll be coming off the list the next practice. So I'm right. just going to put that right here. That was an interesting wrinkle. That was an interesting wrinkle. It didn't make sense that they said he missed because of personal, because we all kind of were just assuming he was out because of the injury and doing a you know different type of, of rehab. But regardless, hey, he's back and he's a he's a good player for the Chiefs. You hope that he's able to come back fully. You know, sometimes with these knee issues, they're not fully back to the player they were until you get to that second season after the injury. But you know, hope, hopefully, Wharton can can buck that trend every injury is different and we will see what he does just uh, and this is probably obvious but i'll say it he wasn't really participating in any team or seven on seven or one-on-ones or anything like that just kind of going through the motions to start i think they'll they'll be easing him back but if they didn't feel like he could be ready for week one they wouldn't have made this move uh on, right, in, right. In making him practice so now we'll see the ramp up of Turk Warden. All right, that's the news roundup we keep you updated every day at arrowheadpride.com when we come back i will go through my 53-man roster 2.0 with John Dixon. This is the Airhead Pride Editor Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. We have our second 53-man roster of a training camp. I decided to do it, John, and, and maybe it was a little sooner than usual, but I decided to do it because we had a day off and... I thought there were enough changes to be made that I figured let's put another one out and, and discuss it. And I, I'll, I'll start with the biggest change. And the one that caught the most attention was me waving my white flag and saying I was <laughs> completely wrong about this whole situation. And I, I almost I didn't apologize, but I, I, I need, uh, as close as you could get to an apology. I put uh, Justin Ross on this 53 man roster, including seven wide receivers. Let's start in that room. Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Richie James, Justin Watson, Justin Ross. Now, I don't know if you should be trusting me about injury timelines because I thought Wharton would be on the PUP, but I tend to think they'll be cautious with Kadarius Tony. So, seven wide receivers to me is really six because I think they keep him on the initial 53. Tony would go to the IR to return. You're only eligible for the IR to return if you're on the initial 53. So, Tony goes to the the IR to return, and then you end up bringing back an, another body in another room. 
But what it, it comes down to in the headline here is Justin Ross has been uh, undeniable when it comes to, you know, you know, and as much as I want to say, I do need to see more, I think, from a level of play. I think he's had moments in camp. Certainly the Chiefs are putting videos out on social media where you can see how good of a route runner he is. I think there is more to prove when it comes to play on the field. But what you can't argue with is how much time they're giving him with Patrick Mahomes. And they're not right. just going to give mm-hmm. yeah. player reps with Patrick Mahomes if they don't see him on the 53-man roster. And so I, I think that's what you're looking at. For the first four weeks, those guys I was talking about, Valdez, Scantling, Moore, Rice, James, Watson, and then Ross. And then you kick the can uh, down the road to figure out what you do when Kadarius Tony is, is healthy, whenever that may be, of do you keep seven receivers at that time? Uh, but yeah, I think Ross is going to have an opportunity here. And, you know, we've said it. If, if we're wrong about this and if he can push for the 53 and be an asset on this Chiefs team, this is going to be one of the better stories in the NFL yeah. period. And in a year that didn't include, and this is a great story in itself, but Buffalo Bills uh, defensive back uh, DeMar Hamlin, like Justin Ross might be up for the comeback player of the year. That's not, He's not going to get that, right, because of the whole situation. But um, really just impressive to not play a football game since 2021. And so far, so good in Chiefs training camp, John. I would uh, tell you that, again, that I don't think you need to apologize because I think that we were right to uh, say that we needed to see him play at an NFL level in real practices where hitting is going on and in preseason games before we could really evaluate whether he'd have a chance to make the roster. I'm very pleased to say that we saw the possibility that he could be on the roster much sooner than I would have guessed. I would have said, well, we may have to get as far as the preseason before we can really tell whether or not he can play at this level. But it's pretty obvious already that the team believes he can play at this level. And on that basis, then he obviously should have a shot, particularly since since we have this issue with Kadarius Toney. Um, and that essentially allows you to, to get your seventh wide receiver on the roster, at least to begin the season. But I, I, you know, I always tell people you, you make the decision with the information that's available to you. And we just didn't have any information mm-hmm. about what, what awesome. Ross could do on an NFL football field. And, and without it, we really couldn't, we really couldn't say he'd make the roster and go back and listen. What do I always say after every time? And I said, Ross is not making the team. There's no way. I hope I'm wrong. So yeah, like with right. that being said, I hope I win the lottery. I'm going to throw that in, out into the universe. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the quarterback room, John. I, I still believe the Chiefs keep three quarterbacks. I, yeah. I'm, I wonder if when we get to 3.0, I don't know when I'm going to do that, but I wonder when we get to 3.0, I start to feel like the skill position players are too much to maybe, maybe start considering the Chiefs only keeping two quarterbacks. The reason I've been keeping three, and you've agreed with this point, and this is what has given me pause to really have the Chiefs go with two is this new quarterback role. It's just too valuable of a, an asset to have of where the player, to, to be clear, there's a new NFL rule where the player, the quarterback, has to be on the 53-man roster. He doesn't have to necessarily be on, John, as you would describe, the 46, 47-man roster that you have on, on game days. So if Mahomes were to get go down and then Blaine Gabbert were to go down, Shane Bouchelle's on the 53. He could be placed in the game as that emergency third quarterback. Like, I don't know if we need to be seeing Jarek McKinnon uh, instead of like a Shane Bouchelle <laughs> who's actually practicing each and every day. Right. And right. so that's pushed me to keep the the third quarterback. But I I'm I'm 
I, I the talent on the Chiefs team as far as depth of like pass catchers and skill players and running backs and you know we'll talk about it. it it's deep, and I wonder if that changes in the future. But right now, I'm keeping three quarterbacks. I I have to disagree with you here, Pete. I don't think there's any way the Chiefs keep uh, just two quarterbacks on the active mm. roster this year. That's I think a, they're I mean, going to take. Fine full take. Ad- I don't I don't yeah, disagree. I, yeah, I, I think they will take full advantage of this rule. They see the advantage of it, and they don't want to be the team that can't put a quarterback on a field in a playoff game. I mean, right. that's the that's the terrible thought. You know, if 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 we have a situation like we had when Mahomes was hurt in 2019, where it's a regular season game and, you know, a Matt Moore comes in for a couple of games and splits them, well, that's not the end of the world. But if Patrick Mahomes goes down in a playoff game and then another quarterback goes down, you don't want Jarek McKinnon in there taking snaps. No. And this is this is what the 49ers were looking at uh in last season and this is why we have this rule now is because of the situation in which the 49ers found themselves so i think the chiefs will take full advantage of it i think we're going to see three quarterbacks on the roster just in case yeah you don't want to see a kendall hinton situation remember in the COVID right, year right. the broncos had to that yeah. was just wild i don't think we'll ever see anything like that again um all right so that's 10 we have seven receivers three quarterbacks go to the running back room I kept four here. No change from 1.0. Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Irons, Lair, Daneric Prince. Clyde has been playing a lot because uh, mm-hmm. Isaiah Pacheco has been wearing that yellow non-contact jersey. I did see James Palmer put out. He believes that yellow jersey will come off August 20th and he'll be cleared for contact. You know, Pacheco's been wearing this yellow jersey, but the, the, the defenders don't care. They've been touching him, like not tackling him. <laughs> Like pushing him and stuff. I, I think they should take it off already, but I, apparently the labrum is still being eased in. I think that I, I know a lot of people want to write off Edwards Elaire. I'm not 100% sure he's going to make this team, but I, I think if he is, um, if he doesn't, it'll be via trade. I think there is some value to him somewhere in the league. I don't think it's just going to be a flat out cut. Uh, we didn't see the Chiefs move ronald jones remember when there was all those rumors john at the deadline last year that the chiefs would move ronald jones and then he he played the entire year on the team i mean they didn't play play but he was on the team the entire right. year mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think it breaks down like this i think isaiah pacheco's your early down back i think the backup change of pace for him is clyde edwards delaire i think jerick mckinnon's your pass catching back but the Eric prince is his backup and that's the way the chiefs are going to roll they like having a backup for the two types of roles in the in the committee i, I think Clyde Edwards Delaire will get some touches here and there i think Eric prince is the most interesting player in that room maybe the most interesting player on offense i know you want to, want to say i don't want to keep hating on ross cuz i know eventually i'm going to get like people chasing me but i i think i find prince to be more interesting than ross as i'm there every day he is just dynamic i think he's faster than clyde Edwards-Alaire when he's rushing the ball i think he can catch better maybe than any other other the backs in the room and one thing i asked patrick Mahomes today was you know what do you think of Eric prince and kind of saying what I, I i've been saying about him being a pass catcher but mahomes noted that he's even seen improvement as a pass protector and if i'm telling you if they feel comfortable about prince protecting mahomes he's gonna push mckinnon for those pass catching snaps on offense early and i I just think it it's one of the big surprises at camp, but we don't we're not talking about it as much because I think think Ross has just so so much attention. But uh, I'm really excited to see what what Prince can do. Probably number one, I want to see what Prince can do in that first preseason game. Yeah, 
it's interesting you know there were i was just looking this up here um there were a lot of games uh last year where they had three running backs active Mm -hmm. and i because of the way this plays out i wonder if they'll have to keep four active for every game you know you can't you can't make prince inactive because he's going to be your main kick up kickoff guy if Dave Tobe is to believe be believed. Yeah. And uh so then do you just have um Prince as the backup to both McKinnon and Pacheco? I don't know. And yeah. so I, I that'll be very interesting. That's going to be the most interesting part of this to me is what they do uh with the fourth running back. Is it somebody who's going to be available on game day, or is that going to be one of the inactives that we see every week? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh and the Chiefs will use the rest of the month to to figure that out. Uh, Edwards Alaire has looked pretty good. I mean, he's been taking a lot of reps because Pacheco mm-hmm. can't participate in in the team part of practice uh, at least yet. So we will see how that pans out. No fullbacks. They, the, the death of the I mean, it was it was dead before, but it is it is getting closer and closer to calling the time of death for the fullbacks. There's no fullback in camp. The Chiefs feel like they can do it with the tight end room. Blake. Blake Bell, uh, and really Noah Gray specifically. Um, anyway, so seven wide receivers. Uh, we said three quarterbacks. That's 10. Four running backs. That is 14. Good math. Now we go to the tight end room. I only kept three here, and this is the procedural move going back to the Tony 2IR thing. I think Blake Bell doesn't make the initial 53-man roster, so when the, the Chiefs are making these cuts, there's only one cut this year on August 30th, the younger players, they get waived, and they're subject to other teams around the league claiming them. Older players with four or more accrued seasons get released, which means you can do these uh, under-the-table handshake deals with some veterans to say, hey, we'll, we'll hit you tomorrow and get you back on the team. <laughs> and I think they do that with Blake Bell, so I think it's a 24-hour release. But so three tight ends, John, procedural they end up keeping uh, what would be four here on the first day after the cut. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Um, I mean, they, they, I think we've been talking about multiple tight end sets all the time. And uh, we always want the chiefs to have four so they can put that magical four tight end set on the field. Uh, what do they call that? T-Rex, right? The T-Rex. And, uh, and uh, uh, so I think they will want to continue to do that. I think Bell also fulfills some pretty specific roles that they like. So I would agree. Four tight ends it is. So that's 17 players on offense. Now we go to the offensive line room. No change from 2.0 from what I put out in, in 1.0. I'm keeping nine. And it's Donovan Smith, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Jawan Taylor from left to right. I got Nick Allegretti next, an inside guy off the bench. He can play both guard positions and center. I got Wanye Morris next on the depth chart. I think he's winning the swing tackle battle right now based upon what I've seen. Then Lucas Niang, another option for a tackle on the team. And then Darian Kennard. I do like your boy, Prince Teguinogo, and Austin Ryder to remain with the Chiefs on the practice squad. But I also think Mike Caliendo who has been taking second-team snaps at center, mixing in with Nick Allegretti. They've been mixing on and off. Um, I think he's on the practice squad as well. So it's a a group of nine that makes a team, but really maybe 11 to 12, just depending on how you use those practice squad spots. Yeah, I might have uh, thought that uh, Prince Winogo might have made it on there. Um, And he still might. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of surprised because they they treated him like they were like he was a guy they were grooming to be a significant player this year, last season. But you know, maybe Wanye Morris has really impressed them in camp and moved Winogo out of the way. That's entirely possible. And we're rooting for for you, John. We, I know you've been dying for Jawanye, and uh, <laughs> might be something we wait until twenty twenty four for. Right, but uh, it's coming. Knows? It's coming. It's coming. All right, uh, we're we're trying to do more a more abbreviated show. And listen, we're making good time right now. I told Steve I tried to make this about forty five minutes, and we are we're rolling here. So let's go to the defensive uh, side. By the way, that was twenty six total offensive players. That's what they kept last year, I believe. Sometimes it's 25 and 25. I got 26 and 24. So let's go uh, to the defense. This is where I put it out. I put this projection out on Tuesday and then Wednesday happens and I don't even know what to do with it, but I kept four defensive tackles. Remember, this is before I knew that Turk Wharton uh, would not be running onto the field within in a blaze of glory when I went to practice, but I had Chris Jones, Charles and uh Derek Nottie and Keandre Coburn. I know that some of you will say, well, Hey, look, Charles is uh inside outside guy. Yeah. I, I think the chiefs like him mostly on the inside, but I will say because Mike Dan has been out of the mix, he's been working outside a lot, John. So really is going to be this utility guy that can fill in, you know, wherever you, you end up wanting to put him. And so maybe with this, let's go to, let me read the defensive ends here because maybe this is the answer to my, my question. I have George Karloff, this Mike Dana, Malik Herring, Felix, uh, Felix, Felix and Aduke Uzama and BJ Thompson. Maybe you throw a menu into the, like that defensive end. You take Malik Herring, who's right now is pushing for the roster out of that room and maybe that's where Turk Wharton makes the defensive tackle so in this on the fly change here I'm making to the the projection that I put out on Tuesday it would be Chris Jones it would be Derek Nottie, Keandre Coburn and Turk Wharton and then you have George Karloftis, Mike Dana Felix Anaduke Uzama, BJ Thompson as your ends and then Charles Amenahue does both do you mm-hmm. agree with that change on the fly John? Uh, yeah I mean, that that's reasonable. I think this is an excellent example of what happens when you have a championship football team and you've built it by uh, drafting and acquiring young players who can go in and contribute. You end up having to let go of some players that you might keep on another team. And I think that Malik Herring might be in that that club. I think today when uh, Ron Cup published his story about three on the bubble players who have uh, really made a case for themselves and uh, this season in the, in the training camp and Malik Herring was one of those guys. And I think that's exactly right. I think he's somebody that, that, you know, has a real chance to be on the roster, but he may not make it just because of the numbers. They have been working Herring and Josh Kando. I've noticed they're not on the field when the first team defense initially takes it to training camp, but they mix in. Mm-hmm. with the first team defense as like s- sessions carry along and, and practices carry along. So they're getting looks like the, Herring and, and Kando right now are getting more looks with the first team, John, than uh, Anudike Duke Izama and Thompson. So mm-hmm. I think there's a learning curve there, but uh, you, you know, you think about, well, how, do, how does this all fix fit in and, and work out? I, Herring and, and Kando have been here for a while. So right. you, you wonder what, what, their future lies you wonder if they're not going to make this team does the team just say look if you can go make another 15 three-man roster go do it or you know you see them claim or something like that right but that is nine defensive linemen 
Linebacker room, I got Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., Drew Tranquil, and Leo Chanel. That is, those are locks. Those are, those, all those guys are making the team. Jack Cochran is the other one. I think he's a near lock just because of how valuable he is on special right. teams to, to right. Tobe. And just like, um, you know, some of these other players that are mixing in, you see him sometimes mixing in with the first team defense because he, if he's going to be in on that 46, 47 man roster, John, uh, on game days, then you need to have him also be taking some reps on defense. So right. I think Cochran mm-hmm. does make make this team. And I don't think there's a lot of question with the linebacker room unless there were to be an injury. I think that's right. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Cochran's on the team for his special teams role, and they're working him in so he can at least play on the defense if he needs to. But they're backed up pretty well there. Uh, you know, they've got two different guys that can play – Mike really well, I think, in in Bolton and uh, Tranquil. And um, I think that's a great situation for them to be in, is to have two guys like that. I uh, I really have been liking what I've seen from Drew Tranquil early here. I thought it was really yeah. impressive that he was able to run the defense that day, filling in Nick Bolton's shoes by making the calls. And it really didn't seem like there was much confusion. And from anyone that comes to Spagnolo's defense, it it seems awfully complicated. I mean, they they run multiple types of fronts and and different formations and and whatnot. And yeah, it didn't seem like Drew Tranquil flinched. So not only is he athletic and good coverage backer, but you, you could tell he has the smarts to to do that. And so they gave Tranquil the nod on the day without Bolton instead of Gay. I know I know we had that situation where Gay has done it in the past, but I guess they trust Tranquil even a little bit more early on here. Um. In the cornerback room, I kept Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, and Nick Jones, only five. I do like what I've seen from Galafalaisi and uh, Eco Boy Doe, uh, the local flavor there, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to make the team. I like both of those guys to land on the practice squad. I had six originally in 1.0, but Nazi Johnson goes to IR, and then I added another safety, as I'll tell you in a minute. Do you like those five cornerbacks, John? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. In, in the last three days, and I'll g- give you this note, uh, Joshua Williams has been one of the top three cornerbacks the first two days when Snead was at practice. He was at third cornerback coming in with McDuffie sliding in. Uh, today, with no Snead, it was McDuffie and Williams with Watson coming in, uh, also McDuffie sliding in. So I think there has been a a full transition to McDuffie being that guy over Snead who ends up sliding into the nickel. I think they eye Snead when he is healthy as it's got to go up against your opponent's top guy uh, to try to, to um, equalize him. And so you have Trent McDuffie taking on the slot weapon uh, in this. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. I was going to say, I think the only question about the cornerbacks and that list of five is whether uh, Legereus Snead is on next year's list of five. I think that's the real question there. Otherwise, you know, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's seeming like no. I know he's a he's a I would call him one of the fan favorites, maybe not like everyone's favorite player, but certainly one of the fan favorites. And I I think that because he has had this lingering knee situation, we've been talking mm-hmm. about Legarius Needs knee, not in like a serious fashion, but mm-hmm. yeah, we've been talking about it in a lingering fashion for a long time now. And it doesn't seem like it's getting right. And I don't think you want to mess with paying a defensive back who could miss time due to knee issues. So 
This is, as you were mentioning, John, a championship roster and a championship regime. And uh, what did we see in New England when they started to pile up these championships? You'd go to off seasons and, and be like, they got rid of who? And yeah, then right. everyone would lose their S and then they would be back <laughs> in the Super Bowl. So yeah. there's going to have to be tough decisions made. And I and, and oftentimes those you. players didn't do well when they went to other teams, too. Yeah, and I just they often I, guessed right. Yeah. I also think it's I think it's Veach's strategy to just continue to just throw a million bodies at the position and be like, we're always gonna be young at cornerback, right? Maybe we'll pay a safety. Uh, we'll see if they pay the defensive tackle. Uh you would think that they would want to pay an edge player at a certain point, but cornerbacks they go cheaper. The, the real interesting one for me will be McDuffie. When McDuffie's up, you don't have to worry about that for a little bit here, but um, I mean, he has proven to be really good at a really young age. So when his contract comes up, you wonder what they do um, with him. Safety room, I kept five. Uh, I took the cornerback spot from Nazi Johnson and I added Dion Bush. I didn't have him in my 1.0, which I thought even as I was doing 1.0, I thought that might have been a mistake because of how valuable he is to the team on special teams. So in that room, Justin Reed, Brian Cook, Shamari Connor. Mike Edwards and Dion Bush. The Chiefs only kept five cornerbacks or less in 2020 and 2019. So I, I felt like this is probably just trying to get everyone right under the uh, under the 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 restrictions of the roster. And uh, so I ended up having five safeties. What do you think, John? Um, I think that's good. I have another question here about uh, who's inactive on game day here. Right. And I and I, you know, you've got something we didn't have last year in Edwards, which is a, a starting quality safety who is essentially a depth piece or a third safety. So you have to wonder whether uh, Connor would be a player that would be one of the guys who's inactive every week. Well, I also think that like Connor can play both and we know mm -hmm, that Justin Reed right. can play both. I wonder if um, Nick Jones ends up being inactive and you keep mm. all the safeties and so you only have four cornerbacks yeah. active, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just spitballing here. Well, this actually should be part of the, uh, we should probably make a note here that in the future, the 53 man projection should also include their regular inactive players. <laughs> yeah. Just to you make this what? more difficult, you know? Nobody, <laughs> every, yeah. I'm never right. Remember, I remember in the, in the slack, I said, I think I'm going to be completely right on this first try. You're never right on the first try. You're not even no, right on like uh, the fourth try that you do no. on the 53 man roster. Imagine yeah. if you had to put together like the 69 man roster and then include the active like 40, what is it? 46, <laughs> 40, yeah. 47 or 48 is the number now. Yeah, that. whatever. I mean, it, <laughs> forget it. Like there's no way to do it. Um, as you, as you could guess, the specialists are uh, as they are. Tommy Townsend's dealing with an ankle injury, but I, it does seem like uh, he will be fine. And Andy Reid went as far as to say that uh, Townsend was not too bad. Uh, Harrison Butker uh, continues to, Work on those mid-range kicks. He missed one from 47 today, John, but he, he ended up making eight of nine in uh, a, the special team session. So he's working through some things right now. Too. Well, he missed a 35 too, right? On the, at the end of one of those long drive drills, yeah, right? Not great. Yeah. Not yeah. great. Uh, so, but you yes. know, it's going to happen. So he had the special teams period where he made eight of nine. Uh, but, but prior to that, you get one shot during the situational period. And he did not make that one. I, I, I did turn to one of my media colleagues and I said, and imagine the tweets after <laughs> after that one, if this was a real game. 
All right, that's the 53-man roster. You can check out some further descriptions right now on arrowheadpride.com. I don't know when I'm going to do 3.0. I'll probably do it when I we get to an off day and I feel like there are enough changes to to merit a 3.0. Usually we do about 3 or 4, but I think because training camp is so long, I could see this getting to like 4 or 5 yeah. by the time we get to the, I was wondering uh, about that that yesterday I looked it up to see when we did the last mm-hmm. one and last year 3.0 was at cutdown day. Right. So I agree. I think we might get to four or five this time. So yeah, because eight, eight camp is so long. We have three three games to get you. The third game really doesn't matter because you don't really see like a lot of starters and and whatnot. And guys are just really trying to push it at the end. But certainly after those first two games, might be a time to to do another one. And then you do one white right, right. I bet you it gets to five. I bet you we have end up having five of these. Anyway, so uh, check out 2.0 of 5.0, probably, uh, all right now on arrowheadpride.com. We got um, training camp reports every day, as you know. We we love listen, We love when you listen to the training camp reports. We have uh, our full pod, podcast lineup purring right now in regular season form. Steve's taking care of all of that. As I said in the beginning of the show, if you leave us a rating or review on any of our shows on the Apple iTunes, we will read it on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Leave us a comment. Uh, ask us a question, whatever you want. Request that I don't wear a hat and not eat food like we got earlier today. <laughs> Anything you guys want, uh, we appreciate. For Steve Serta, uh, behind the proverbial glass, and John Dixon, my name is Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Arrowhead Pride.